What's going on, guys? Welcome back to One Stop Shop. Let's get right into this episode. Last night was a crazy game in Phoenix between the Clippers and the Suns. DeAndre Ayton delivering an alley-oop with less than a full second left on the clock. And they got the victory, and now they're up 2-0. DeAndre Ayton's been... Really clutch for the Suns. He's been shooting like 70% from the field, and he's definitely just one of those guys that drives to the hoop and slams the ball most of the time. So he's been really efficient for them. Obviously, former number one overall pick, and people had no idea who the hell he was when he got drafted. But he's a great player, and... He really contributed last night. Jay Crowder gave him a great pass that coaches dream about, I'm sure. And it was just like perfect timing. They were trying to say that it was offensive goaltending, but when they finally got the call on the floor, they announced that it was a good basket. So it was all good. But DeAndre Ayton is a savage. Devin Booker is a tough dude, man. Like... He got his nose busted up last night. He was on the floor for a couple seconds and had to go out of the game for a couple minutes, got some stitches, came back in, finished with 20 points. He's going to have to wear a face mask in the next game, so he's just going to go off even more. Just like LeBron and Kobe, he has that playoff intensity built into him. And you can tell that he's definitely going to be one of those players that takes this game to the next level over the next couple of years, and he's already reaching that status right now. So, Devin Booker is a great player, really fun to watch. He's like a video game every single time he steps out on the floor. And he's resilient, man. And he's doing it without Chris Paul, and he's leading this team right now. And another player that's really contributing is Campaign. 29 points last night. I believe it's a career high for him. Nine assists, two steals, two blocks. 12 for 14 from the field. A great game. For the Clippers last night, Paul George could not get the job done. And he had a chance to potentially win the game for the Clippers with a last second shot, like the actual last second (laughs) after all that madness. And it took like a half hour for them to complete like two minutes, which were left in the fourth quarter because of all of the replays and shit, which was crazy. I was like, yo, this is taking forever. (laughs) Like I was exhausted watching that game. So, that's pretty much that. Tonight, the Eastern Conference Finals kickoff with the Hawks against the Bucks in Milwaukee at 8.30 on TNT. Trey Young looks to continue his incredible postseason effort this year against Giannis and the Bucks. I should say Chris Middleton and the Bucks. Chris Middleton's been going off, man. And the Bucks are not to be messed with. This is going to be a pretty intense series. I feel like if 
Giannis and Chris Middleton are able to control Clint Capella, Bogdanovich, and obviously Trey Young, which is not an easy task by any team. They could possibly get the job done and beat the Hawks, but the Hawks have been on a tear lately, obviously starting with beating the Knicks and then going on throughout the postseason. Taking out the Sixers. And the Bucks obviously took out the Nets. So this is going to be a good series of two teams that weren't the likely favorite to be here. The, no one expected the Bucks to be in this position. And obviously... I should say the Hawks, rather. People kind of expected the Bucks to be in this position. Obviously, they're one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference that they have been for the last couple of years. And Giannis is trying to silence all the critics that say that he's not a good scorer and like he's like a one-dimensional kind of player. And I've definitely been one of those people that have thought that type of stuff about Giannis. Like he, he's great at driving to the hoop. Great mid-level shooting. But, like, the three-point game has always eluded him and obviously not making uh, free throws. And he's a great rebounder and stuff like that, but, like, he could definitely have followed his game a little bit. So, I don't think the Hawks win this series. I feel like the Bucks come out on top just with the veterans that they have. And... Yeah, I think that the Bucks are going to beat the Hawks, but this is going to be a fun series to watch. Kicks off tonight, 8.30 on TNT. <laughs> Alright, so to switch it up a little bit, the other night the Islanders lost 8 nothing to the fucking Lightning. God damn it. This was not a freaking fun game to watch at all. They scored three bullshit goals to start off the game. Like, right in front of the net, like, it went off of Varlamov, one of them, like, nothing too out of the ordinary, but the Islanders just couldn't get anything going. They couldn't score one. So, fuck you, Tampa. God damn it. This could be the last game that the Islanders ever play at the Coliseum tonight in Game 6 of the semifinals tonight. (sighs) They got to win tonight, otherwise their season's over and everything that they work for just went up in smoke for another year in a row. And obviously Tampa's the defending champs. So... They just got to get it done tonight. Matt Barzal, he had a really dirty play on Ruta in the last game. And he avoided getting a suspension, but he got a game misconduct. And then they would just keep on scoring on the power play that he caused because it was a major penalty. He just kept on going. So he got fined $5,000 for that. 
it's good that he didn't get suspended, though, and he's eligible to play in Game 6, so they look to leave Game 5 behind them. For Lomov, obviously, he let up three goals really quickly. And then their backup, Sorokin, let up five to finish the game, so... Not what the Islanders were hoping for, and tonight could be their last night at the Nassau Coliseum, so you know that they're going to bring the intensity in front of the home fans, and a packed packed barn. That place has brought some crazy memories for... So many people on Long Island, and yeah, who knows what it's going to become after tonight. The Islanders need a win to keep it alive, and they're obviously moving to a new arena next year in Belmont, so this is an end of an era, And people kind of thought that when they moved back in 2015 when they left for the Barclays Center and they didn't play on Long Island anymore and then they came back during the pandemic and shit. So they've meant a lot to Long Island. Obviously, they're back on Long Island now. And they will be forever at this point. So they were never meant to be in Brooklyn. So, that's all that matters. Obviously, I'm a Ranger fan, so... I'm kind of indifferent to them winning, but... Hopefully, the Rangers are able to step up their shit next season. We just hired a new coach. Gerard Gallant, and he was... Most recently, the coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, and he was bringing them back into prominence. So, hopefully, the Rangers can get it a little bit better next season. Obviously, they have some young talent, like Adam Fox, who is a Norris Trophy finalist as a rookie. And, yeah, we have so many good players Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, like, they've been leading the team now. And the Rangers just couldn't get the job done this year. So the Islanders have been my entertainment when it comes to hockey, being a New Yorker. (laughs) And who knows if they're going to be able to get the job done and move on to the Stanley Cup final, but they've been playing their hearts out every single night. And... This is Hockey Island, it seems like. (laughs) Like, you don't have to be an Islander fan to appreciate a great game. And they've been putting on great games. So, the Islanders are looking to take their hope and put it into Game 6 tonight. After getting decimated 8 to nothing in the last game. So, 
Looking forward to that. It's going to be a crazy game to watch. And that starts at 8 o'clock tonight on NBC Sports Network. Yeah, we've definitely had some crazy sports to watch. The Mets and Jacob deGrom have been pretty fun to watch this year. Jacob deGrom is just a different type of talent. And he could probably be one of the best pitchers that have ever existed in the game of baseball. Like, I know that may seem like an exaggeration, but his stats are literally like nothing people have ever seen before. And I've spoken to people that are way older than me, like relatives and stuff like that, like that have been following baseball and sports for a long time. And they just have never seen a player like Jacob DeGrom. Maybe Tom Seaver, like, when it comes to the Mets or, like, Nolan Ryan, potentially. But, like, no one's been this consistent. He has a .50 ERA, like, through 72 innings this season. Like, how does that happen? He literally has more RBIs than he's given up this year. He's given up like four RBIs this year and 117 strikeouts. Insane. And he was the first pitcher to get evaluated for having the sticky substances on his hands or his uniform or whatever. So he got his hat checked during his last start. And he was obviously good because he doesn't use any of that stuff to our knowledge, so Jacob DeGrom is a phenom. He's looking to win the Cy Young for another time this year and has just been really fun to watch. The Mets are obviously not doing terrible this year. Six games over 500 were obviously at the top of the division by four games. But, yeah, they definitely need to start hitting the ball a little bit better, and they obviously have been dealing with a lot of injuries. They just got Jeff McNeil back. He's one of the better fielders and hitters that we have. So we just need all the guys to come back. Michael Conforto coming back from injuries. We need Lindor to just continue to hit. We need Pete Alonzo to hit, and yeah, that's pretty much that. So this weekend in the UFC, we got a fight night between Surreal Gan and Alexander Volkov. This is going to be a pretty crazy main event between these heavyweights. And then Tanner Bozer returning to the Octagon for the first time. I mean, not first time. He just fought. My bad. He's fighting Ovin St. Prue, who is a very highly regarded striker. He could kick your lights out, man. So he's fighting Tanner Bozer. That's a pretty tough fight for Bozer. He just lost, like, a couple weeks ago. So... He just fought on June 5th and lost. 
So that's a pretty quick turnaround. And he looks to get back on his winning ways. So that's going to be a good home main event. And then we got Andre Feely against Daniel Pineda in the featherweight division. That's a good fight. Then longtime fighter Tim Means basically facing Nicholas Dalby. A very tough fight for Tim Means. He's been in the game for a long time. He's 31, 12, and 1. And he's fighting Dobby, who's 19, 3, and 1. So that's a great fight. And then Renato Moicano against Jai Herbert in the lightweight division. That's a good fight. And then up and comer Kennedy and Ju- and Jechiku. And Jechiku. Sorry, that's a tough name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Against Danilo Marquez. It's a pretty good fight in the light heavyweight division. Those two obviously vying for a spot in the rankings. Then Charles Rosa fighting Justin James in the second fight of the night. And we open up the fight card with veteran Yancey Medeiros fighting Demir Hadzovic. So overall, pretty good night of fights this weekend. Looking forward to it. They never disappoint with UFC fights. Maybe some other promotions like PFL or... Yeah, pretty much just PFL I don't fuck with. Like, I tried to watch that shit, and it just makes no sense the way that they have live scoring and the playoff system. Like, I, like, I heard Joe Rogan talk about it, and I was watching it, and, like, just the way that they don't progress their fighters in the rankings it's kind of weird especially if they win like they can miss the playoffs so then they kind of miss out on opportunities to fight in that tournament and that's obviously just like an up-and-coming kind of MMA organization but I just kind of wanted to express that like it's kind of different they use this thing called the smart cage and they basically generate data while the fighters are fighting, which is kind of interesting. And like, they have a lot of different takes on like viewpoints and they let the ref wear these goggles that have cameras in them. So like you can see like what the ref sees. It's different than the UFC. The UFC is obviously the top dog when it comes to MMA and then Bellator and then one championship in Europe and Asia. So I just kind of wanted to express that real quick. I don't know why, but I don't really fuck with PFL. It's kind of weird. It won't last, really, because like... They obviously have an ESPN deal right now, but they're a direct competitor to the UFC, and they just don't have the talent. They have all 
either up-and-coming fighters or they have old fighters who have passed their prime. Obviously, they have Clarissa Shields, who is trying to become a MMA fighter, obviously being one of the best women's boxers of all time. So, they're, they're trying to be a competitor to the UFC, but no one out of the PFL is even close to anyone that's in the UFC. So, that's pretty much me talking about that. Yeah, other than that, it's getting pretty nice out. Finally feeling like summer. Getting ready to figure out what I'm going to be doing for work. And I'm really just trying to find something that I'm really going to be interested in doing day to day. Obviously, having a sports management degree, I want to do something in the world of sports. And I've been applying for a lot of different positions and like operations and like facilities and like stuff like that. Like, nothing more then an opportunity is what I'm looking for. And I just feel really slighted sometimes. Like, I kind of have some stuff on my resume that can get me an interview. But, like, I, I obviously went through some shit that, like, I wasn't in the state of mind to be working a couple of years ago. So I had to build myself back up. And since I was... a uh, senior in college that's when I really got the ambition to get myself ready for my future and then when I graduated I obviously I've expressed this before that I've worked in TD Garden I worked in like a warehouse I ran up merchandise to the team's stores and like kept it stocked and stuff like that like that was like great job I Honestly, just like being in like a stadium arena type setting, like it's just like my type of vibe. I love sports so much that like I just want to be able to wake up every day and just go in and that be my office. Like I don't care what the hell I'm doing as long as I can make myself happy and support myself at the same time. That's honestly the biggest goal that I have for myself. And I'm just trying to live my best life out here. And sometimes it gets a little difficult. And some people don't even understand that I put in the time and effort to try to find something that I want to do. And people don't live the same life that I do. Like, it's a very tough life that I've had to live. I don't have both of my parents around. I only have my dad. And he does everything that he can to put me in the right path. And it's a lot harder when you don't have a lot and you don't have many people to motivate you and got to do everything yourself pretty much and i've had to learn to be by myself since i was 18 when i lost my mom so this is just 
some stuff that's on my mind right now. And I'm just trying to live my best life. And everybody is just trying to get along with whatever they want to do. And there's nothing that you can't do if you put your mind to it. And you and you have every fucking ability to do it. As long as you believe in yourself and you have the confidence in yourself to accomplish any goal that is put in front of you. And I just like... I feel like something good is about to happen, but I also just have no idea where I'm heading. And I feel like I'm a very versatile individual and I could do a lot of stuff. So I'm just trying to live my best life. And this has been an episode of One Stop Shop. And peace out.